have the Missouri football uniforms officially jumped the shark. Plus, the football team might also be getting a four-star safety out of Cardinal Ritter tonight. So let's talk about that young man and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And you know what? It's pretty rare that I start these Friday episodes with an edition of Project Run Play. So you know my feelings about the uniform reveal this week are pretty strong. And I want to start off actually with an outsider's perspective. A gentleman on my YouTube page commented, this man's name is CarsI1, at least that's his handle. I don't think that's probably on his birth certificate, but these days, who the heck knows, right? But anyway, this person says, not a Mizzou person, and feel free to dismiss this, but as a big college football fan for a long time, I used to like the Mizzou uniform look, the old gold pants and black or white jersey the block M on the black helmet with the distinctive striping, etc. It was a classic look. Now, every time I happen upon a Missouri game, they seem to have a different look. I know it's a money thing to bring out occasional alternates, but it's hard to establish a tradition, a tradition if you change game to game. And well, sir, I have to agree with you, 100%. And I actually think this uniform combination in particular is just a bit of a bridge too far. Not only did Missouri for its first time ever, they bust out, if you want to call them yellow, I'd be fine with that actually, but but gold face masks instead of black on black, white on white, that kind of deal. No gold face masks for the first time ever. But not only that, no, we also have to have Gold tops with the black bottoms, which to me, let's be honest, that's probably my least. Can we all agree that that is my least favorite top of all the tops? Are we in agreement there or am I in the minority? I feel like we're probably in agreement there, especially gold with the black bottoms. Just it looks a little bit like amateur hour to me. I, I don't know. You flip those and you got the black tops and the gold bottoms. Now there's a classic look. God forbid Missouri ever actually wears that look at home this season. Maybe we'll be lucky enough to have that someday. I was thinking maybe that would come with homecoming. But again, to me, there's just a lot going on with this uniform combination. And also, by the way, the Tiger Sailor, a little bit played out here, and I'm craning my neck here. You'll see on YouTube. Yes, pardon me as I reach across to my bookshelf here. This is, of course, the white Tyler Sailor, Tiger Sailor, easy for me to say, helmet from the Liberty Bowl from 2018. Drew Locke's last start. Missouri wore 
all white uniforms with this helmet. Frankly, yeah, this is a fairly radical look. At the same time, I, I thought it was beautiful. The fact that Missouri has worn all white before, and I, I've, I'm on record, I like the all white combinations. Sure, a white helmet, yeah, it's non-traditional. And also at this point, frankly, the Tiger Sailor, well, there's a lot of different versions of this, and it's a little bit played out. Again, I could have handled a black version of this helmet, but not with the face mat, the different face masks, and the gold tops, and the yada, yada, yada. At a certain point, I know Missouri has tried to be Oregon light a little bit the last decade or so. I do wonder sometimes if that branding has actually taken hold or not. I know everybody still thinks of Oregon as the the uniform changers. Well, does anybody really think of Mizzou that way outside of your... Outside of Missouri, of course, and your big-time college football followers like Mr. Karzai One. To me, if you're going to go with a different helmet, a helmet that Missouri has never worn before, at least in a regular season ball game, well, again, forgive my reach here for one second. How about this guy? How about the tiger paw with the block M inside? Now, to me, these were this was the 2019 spring game helmets, Kelly Bryant's first appearance in Columbia, you might remember. Now, this, to me, is a badass look. And not only that, unlike, to me, the Tiger Sailor helmet, which, again, lots of different teams have versions of that, including our own LSU Tigers. It's bad enough we have to share the nickname. We have to share the Sailor logo, essentially, as well. Well, to me... This logo, while it's never been on a Missouri helmet before, this the the tiger paw with the block M inside, that is distinctly Missouri and Mizzou right here. You put these babies out here, I'm getting excited. So to me, I think Missouri has gone a little bit too far with this trend at this point. It's now been so many years of Missouri playing this trend that I now think it's almost just a little old at this point. It's sort of like jean shorts, right? 20 years ago, jean shorts were cool. Now I wouldn't be caught dead in them. I'm not going to lie to you. Thank you, Melissa, for teaching me those lessons when we first started dating. And that's why I am the Project Run Play fashion authority that I am today. All right, Project Run Play, you are out. So let's talk some real football, shall we? After the break, Missouri Vanderbilt. But first, this episode is brought to you by Underdog. Yes, Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. Ah, yes, I love me some Underdog. I really do. And in this week, in the Syracuse-Clemson game, on the road, I'm going to take Sean Tucker lower the 93.5 rushing yards. Clemson is just... Too tough against the run. I'll also take Oronde Gadsen higher than 66.5 receiving yards in that game as well. Now moving on to Ohio State and Iowa in the Big Ten. Give me C.J. Stroud, the stud Ohio State quarterback, actually lower than 300.5 passing yards. Iowa just does not give up much through the air. I know that offense leaves a lot to be desired, but I feel pretty good about the Hawkeyes at least holding Ohio State down. And also, I don't think Ohio State's going to have to throw that much to win. But you know what? 
That gives you a perfect idea of what underdog is all about. Find the players that you want to back or go against. Go higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. So sign up with the promo code locked on. That's one word locked on, and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in your app store. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code locked on. That's one word locked on. Get in on the college football. Pick them action today. By the way, if you're like me and you're planning on tailgating tomorrow before the homecoming football game, maybe you want to get out of the sun for a little bit. That pavement can get a little hot after a while. Well, from 1245 to 130, just 45 minutes, well before the Mizzou football game, the Tiger basketball team is going to have an open practice. So again, 1245 p.m. on Saturday, just a quick 45-minute open practice for you at Mizzou Arena if you're interested. Just wanted to put that out there. And and by the way, the injury report looking a lot more promising for Missouri this week. First of all, it sounds like, according to Eli Drinkwitz, anyway, Dominic Lovett and Luther Burden, quote, should be back to full speed, ready to roll. And I'm not too surprised that Lovett is back to full speed. I am a little bit surprised that Luther Burden is, quote, back to full speed. I have to be honest there. I thought a high ankle injury, thats that takes a while to recover from. Granted, it's been a couple weeks, so maybe it wasn't quite as severe as it initially looked when Burden was carried off the field in Gainesville and unable to put any weight on that ankle whatsoever. So, obviously, a good sign. I, I do Take a little bit of a grain of salt, though, to say that he's 100% full speed. Also, Elijah Young, Chad Bailey, Barrett Bannister, also not on the injury report along with the aforementioned Chris Abrams drain. And as I said in my Vanderbilt preview yesterday, I'm pretty impressed by A.J. Swan. So it's a good thing that Missouri's defensive backs are much more back to full speed, not only with Chris Abrams' drain, obviously, DJ Jackson back in the fold as well after suspension, hopefully providing some quality depth there. Speaking of Vanderbilt quarterbacks, I also mentioned that Mike Wright will also get some action, especially in red zone and short yardage situations at quarterback for Vanderbilt, possibly some trick play scenarios as well, and maybe perhaps even more so against Missouri than you might expect against other opponents. You may remember last year that Mike Wright, before while A.J. Swan was still in high school against Missouri last season, Wright threw for 120 yards but also ran for 152 very impressively. So perhaps Missouri, who's obviously been quite good defensively this year, to me, one vulnerability they've shown at times in key down situations is they've been beaten by the quarterback scramble. So perhaps Missouri's a little bit vulnerable there. Perhaps Vanderbilt has seen the same thing on tape. It wouldn't surprise me if we see maybe a little bit more of Mike Wright at center than you might otherwise expect. But like I said yesterday, I am really, really impressed, though, by true freshman A.J. Swan at quarterback. 
By the way, the total for this ball game now all the way down to 49 and a half over at betonline.net. That's after I told you to take the under when it was at 54 at the beginning of the week. So if you think you don't have to listen to every second of this podcast every day, well, there's some proof to the contrary. But I'll tell you, the interesting thing about this football game to me is if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I'm looking at a Vanderbilt defense that has basically not stopped anyone through the air so far. Now, Vanderbilt's, a lot of their schedule has been brutal. They've played Ole Miss, Georgia, and Alabama so far. So, yeah, some quality passing attacks there, without question. But still, by some metrics, Vanderbilt has literally the worst pass defense in the nation so far. So with that said, this seems like a great opportunity to get that passing game clicking, right? To get maybe a little bit more aggressive down the field, let Brady Cook possibly take some chances, get Burden going a little bit more. We really do need to get, if he's truly ready to roll and full and a full go, then we need to get Luther Burden going a little bit. So it's very tempting to get a little bit more aggressive. But I will say, Missouri turns the ball over. If it loses the turnover battle by two or more, this is going to be a close football game because, again, for as good as the Missouri defense is, I think Vanderbilt, despite that true freshman at quarterback, I was impressed enough with him in some in some difficult circumstances against Ole Miss that I don't think he's just going to give the game away by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I think he's a plus for Vanderbilt. And they just have a very efficient and professional, not I don't mean professional as in NFL. I just mean a very workmanlike and efficient rushing attack led by a veteran in Ray Davis. So I, I just don't think Vanderbilt offensively is not going to be a pushover. I think they can put up certainly as many points as Auburn and Florida did against this Missouri defense. So if you're the Tigers, you better score at least in the 20s or this could be a problem. That shouldn't be a problem, but again, if Missouri turns it over three times, four times, something like that, ooh, it's going to get a little bit nervous at at Faroe Field. Hopefully, we don't have to watch that happen, though. And coming up, Cardinal Ritter safety Marvin Burks is reportedly going to announce his commitment this evening. Could it be the Tigers? Well, it very well could be. So let's talk about that young man right after these quick words. So Marvin Burke, 6'2", 190 pounds, class of 2023, has all kinds of offers from all over the country, including the likes of Oklahoma, Michigan, USC, just to name a few. But it sounds like his services are going to come down between the home state, Missouri Tigers, and Ole Miss. And frankly, it's anybody's guess as to which way it's going to go. At times, it seemed like it's been trending towards Ole Miss, but Gabe DeArmond this morning was saying, eh, maybe not. And by the way, so that'll be something to watch. And by the way, just for some context here, that will certainly make a class that some have been a little bit concerned about look a lot better. That's for sure. Let's put it that way. Another four-star guy in the fold. Should be another strong class for Eli Drinkwitz and company. So if there's any major concerns about recruiting rankings, I wouldn't really start start throwing up the alarm bells just yet. 
Now, on the other hand, the one area where this 2023 class, at least so far, is disappointing is on the offensive line. So far, Kansas City area product, Lee Summit product, I believe, to be more exact. Logan Reichert, or no, wait, excuse me, he's Raytown, isn't he? Eh, all these all these adjacent Kansas City cities run together. But, but no, Logan Reichert of Raytown is a really great get for Missouri, but otherwise, nobody else from the offensive line is committed as of yet. So there and, and defensive back sounds like a real place that Missouri is going to look at. And also, you know, again, some of this information, a lot of it is from Gabe DeArmond's The Chamber this morning over at Power Mizzou. So I'm just giving you sort of the broad strokes here. If you want the real specifics, including the names that Missouri's really after here, well, by all means, do like I do and go subscribe over at Power Mizzou. But big picture here, that's really what it is. Offensive line and defensive backs are your major targets on the football field right now. As far as basketball goes, here's the larger plan for Dennis Gates and Charlton Young. This is actually something that Young laid out in an interview recently. Basically, this year's team, this coming version of your Missouri Tigers men's basketball team, well, basically they wanted to just reestablish a baseline of credible SEC basketball. Be a team that's in the mix realistically. So yes, this season you're going to see a whole lot of new names, a lot of transfer guys, a lot of pl- a lot of holes being plugged in the roster along with of course a very familiar face in Kobe Brown and a somewhat familiar face in Ronnie DeGray. Now, this next class obviously raises the bar quite a bit. Now you're getting guys in the 50 to 150 range, guys like Trent Pierce and the Jordan Butler kid, the Robinson kid as well. A lot of three really good prospects, in my opinion, but not guys who are, you know, one and done types or surefire pros or anything like that. Well, it sounds like that third year, the 2024 class, well, that sounds like they really are going for those NBA type players, guys who maybe well could be one and done or two and done, something like that. But regardless, guys who are, like top 25 type guys in the country, usually the kind of guys that are reserved for your true blue blood type programs. Well, Dennis Gates is certainly not shooting low. That's for sure. He is shooting for the stars. No doubt about that. And it's hard not to like that, honestly. And for as much as I'm always a big fan of, Hey, here's the deal. Expectations. That's how you become happy, right? Realistic expectations are a function of happiness. Whatever that cliche is there that I just mangled. Well, Dennis Gates is already talking about, hey, I want to see a sellout for every game up until the Kansas game. Well, Dennis, I got news for you, pal. That's not going to happen. But I like the optimism. I like the effort. I like at least trying to get more people in the arena. That's for darn sure. Now, maybe if Mizzou Arena wasn't 15,000 people, maybe if it was more like, I don't know, 10 or 12, maybe you'd have a chance there. But 15, yeah, that's not going to happen. I do like his recognition, though, that this is definitely a community program, as he said. It's definitely the city of Columbia's program because – As a guy who's been a season ticket holder in basketball for 30-some-odd years now, 
I can remember back in the day when a lot more people that I knew growing up in Ashland, for instance, families that had basketball tickets, season tickets in the Hearn Center, that kind of deal. Well, some of those people didn't convert over to Mizzou Arena, and a lot of those people have gone away just because, frankly, the basketball hasn't been that good the last few years. But it does show there is a base of people in Boone County, if you put out a good product consistently, they'll come out for it. Because this area, I promise you, yes, we're a show-me kind of area and we can be a little fickle, no doubt about that. But Missouri fans, they understand what good basketball is. And if you give it to them, they'll start coming out in droves. Thanks, as always, for joining me right here on Locked on Mizzou and sharing this show with a friend by sending sending them to LockedOnMizzou.com. So... Until next time, and by the way, if you need a sports recap, no better place to go than Locked On Sports Today. That's right, it's lost. Locked On Sports Today. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked On Mizzou. Locked On Mizzou.